you're up early. Good for you. And welcome to the Pre-W Smith Show on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back to the Pre-W Smith Show. As we reported in our opening segment, of course, and uh, it probably doesn't need much reporting, but we're going to get a chance to go deeper on the subject now, and that is the subject of the college football playoff, the teams that are in, the big victories over the weekend, how it all came to be that these are the top four teams, and then maybe some prognostication on how it's all going to play out as well. And we've got none other than our expert, Michael Spath, to bring it all to us. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Jeff. And yeah, absolutely exciting. I mean, it's going to be a while. The games are not until December 31st, the two playoff games and the four teams competing. But coming off of championship weekend, we now know who those four teams are. And three of them are not a surprise. And one of them, Ohio State, is a bit of a surprise after the weekend in the Pac-12 title game played out the way it did. Now, that's interesting. You qualify it as a surprise. Staying on that subject for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I think the moment that USC lost the Pac-12 championship, it opened the door for Ohio State. And this ultimately came down to you had a Buckeye team with one loss that was a top five team, and you had a USC team with two losses. And they seemed to punish USC for that second loss. Interestingly, they didn't punish TCU for losing its conference championship game. But I think when you look at it, you know, TCU ended up 12-1, and USC ended up 11-2, and and that was just too much for the committee to overcome. Yeah, I mean, I think what it is, Jeff, is Ohio State got in there without having to play for a championship. Ohio State got in there after having lost its last game of the season. Right. How many teams can say, I mean, Georgia got in and won the national championship. They got in after they lost their last game in the SEC championship, but they were in the championship game. It is rare, and I don't know that it's ever been done, where a team has lost its last regular season game, did not play in the conference championship, and still made the college football playoff. Yeah, I think the four spot, no doubt about it, was the one where you could have arguments in various ways about who could or should have been there. Let's talk about the games. Let's talk about the matchups now that we'll look forward to on New Year's Eve. Well, let's start with the Michigan one, the local team. I mean, Michigan goes 13-0, wins the Big Ten title, beating Purdue on Saturday night. You know, obviously coming off a massive victory over Ohio State the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Did everything that you could possibly hope they accomplished this year. Also beat Michigan State and Penn State. I mean, they beat everybody. They went 13-0. And they draw TCU, which is the matchup that most Michigan fans want. Most, I would say if you were ranking the four teams, even though TCU is the three seed, most fans would say that TCU is the worst of the four teams in the college football playoff. And that respect creates a great opportunity for Michigan to win its first ever college football semifinal and earn a trip to the national championship with this year's played in Los Angeles at the home of the LA Rams. And so they're going to like that. TCU just lost to Kansas State. They looked vulnerable. They've got a couple of nice players. Their quarterback, Max Duggan, is is a really good, you know, gritty, hard-nosed, you know, terrific player. And Quentin Johnston, their wide receiver, is supposed to be a first-round draft pick. But they won a lot of close games. They weren't really a dominant team this year. They just find a way to win all their big matchups. So that's a great opportunity for the Wolverines in the Fiesta Bowl, the first game to be played on December 31st. And then, you know, Georgia is the defending national champion. And Georgia steamrolled through everybody this season, including Tennessee, in a big one-versus-two matchup earlier in the year. Now they get Ohio State. Everybody's expecting Georgia to repeat as the national champion. That is the nightcap. That is the 8 p.m. start down in Atlanta at the Peach Bowl. But what an opportunity for Ohio State after getting curb-stumped by Michigan in their final regular season game. A lot of people say this is the most talented 
physically most talented team in college football with a combination of their quarterback C.J. Stroud and their wide receivers Marvin Harrison Jr. and plenty of other ones too. They should be healthy. They should get uh, their top wide receiver in Jigba Smith back. Maybe either running back Trayvon Henderson back. I mean, this could be an absolutely phenomenal matchup. If you're asking like who has the best chance to upset, I think Ohio State actually has a better chance to upset Georgia than TCU does of Michigan going into the semifinals. Yeah, it's interesting. A couple of things to point out. One that I find really interesting, the path to the national championship for Georgia goes entirely through the Big Ten, assuming Michigan does win. And so I think that's really interesting. They've got to beat the two Big Ten's best teams, likely, in order to win the national championship. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at it, I mean, you had three teams in the Big Ten finish among the top 10 teams in college football at the end of the regular season. Michigan, Ohio State, and then Penn State all finished in the top 10. Purdue clearly went out there in the Big Ten championship game and played arguably their best game of the year. I'll be very curious to see how this plays out in bowl season. You know, Ohio State won the national championship under Urban Meyer at Ohio State, I think in 2014 was the year, and it's been a drought since then. And so here's an opportunity for the Big Ten, two teams in there, Michigan and Ohio State, if they can win the national championship, one of these two teams, and obviously for us local fans, we hope it's Michigan, that would do a lot to restore the credibility of the Big Ten as arguably the best conference in college football. Yeah, no doubt about it. And there's even a possibility that the Big Ten ends up exclusively in the national championship game. Of course, that means Ohio State has to get past Georgia, but and of course, Michigan beating TCU. But if that were to happen... I mean, that would be... You know, 17 million people watched the Michigan-Ohio State game, and it was the biggest game on Fox, and it was the biggest college football regular season game since 2011. So for 11 years, nothing else beat it. You would have to imagine without any other competition on, you know, January 9th, I believe is the day of the national championship game, you know, with those two rivals, if they were to play each other, I mean, you could do 25 maybe even 28 million people watching that game, which would be a monster number for college football. And it would be really interesting. Of of course, Michigan fans are all saying like they would love to beat the Buckeyes for the national championship. Ohio State fans are saying the same same thing. They'd love to beat Michigan for the national championship. You know, for for Michigan, for Ohio State, for Georgia and TCU, pretty awesome that um, it has been really hard to make it to the top four with the rest of college football going on. And major kudos to these four teams because they persevered long college football season everybody plays 12 weeks then you had to play a championship game you've got injuries you've got you know nights that you're not playing your best every opponent is gunning for you and these four teams found a way and so Jeff I mean again we've got you know whatever it is 28 days 26 days until the semifinals on New Year's Eve and there's gonna be a lot of fun and a lot of excitement but what a great opportunity for uh, the Big Ten and for the Michigan Wolverines yeah really incredible and it just puts a bow on Jim Harbaugh's job of turning the circumstance around at the University of Michigan really exciting for those of us locally for sure Jeff, I mean, I was one of the ones who said that after the 2020 season, I just didn't think that he had what it took. I didn't either. Uh, and he, and no. he was going to get Michigan over the Ohio State hump. He was going to win a Big Ten title. If Michigan would have parted ways with Jim Harbaugh after the 2020 oh. season, I would not have complained. I would have been like, okay, let's go get somebody else. And instead, since then, everything he has touched has been gold. And give him a lot of credit because it's not like he's gotten lucky. It's not like it's you know magic or anything like that. He has doubled down. He has become the coach that we saw in 2015 and 2016. The guy that was you know coming off of San Francisco, a guy that led the, the 49ers to a Super Bowl opportunity. The guy who you know wrinkled Pete Carroll when he was at 
when Harbaugh was at Stanford and Carroll was at USC. I mean, this is the mercenary. This is one of the, you know, when he left the San Francisco 49ers and came to Michigan, people didn't consider him one of the three or four best coaches in college football. They considered him one of the best coaches. Period. One of right. the best coaches right. in football. In all of football, right. Yeah, and so I think he has gotten himself back there. If you were to ask right now, who are the top five coaches in college football? There's no doubt he's oh. in the top five, and you sure. can make the case that he's in the top two and top three for sure. Saban, Kirby Smart from Georgia, and Jim Harbaugh right now. Yeah, really unbelievable. Hats off to Jim Harbaugh for sure. Congratulations to the University of Michigan. It's going to be fun to watch. Michael Spath, thanks so much for being on with us. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, headed to a quick break. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. 